there's all these disconnects. Meeting yeah. people where they're at. That's what's most important. What prevents you from burnout is your passion to like keep doing the work. All right. Good afternoon, everybody. We have Miss Christy here and we are, you know, going to learn a little bit about herself her, and what she does. And, you know, I'm really excited to just to get to know what her organization is, what her organization does and the importance, right, of the brown girl green. And so when we think of Christy, we think of, you know, her bio, which is, you know, she is a Jewish Filipina environmental media creator and founder of Brown Girl Green, a media platform which is exploring the intersections between media, diversity, and environmentalism. As a sustainability communications expert, Christy has spoken in front of thousands, as well as facilitated workshops centered around environmental media and storytelling in cities across the United States. Uh, she's also worked with youth from around the world to create collaborative, intersectional online media with the goal of creating conscious, culturally relevant content to engage audiences about proactive solutions to the climate crisis. That is an amazing bio. I absolutely love it. And I'm like so excited to see you explain and explore more of what this looks like, right? Do you want to give us a little overview of, you know, what all of this creativity looks like and how you create this sustainability? Yeah. So hi, everyone. Nice to meet you. I'm Christy Drutman. I'm the creator and founder of Brown Girl Green. And I would just say that the reason why I created my platform is because I really wanted to create an online space that would be just way more accessible and um, educational to a wider range of audiences to learn about sustainable issues, but also to learn about sustainability in a way that could relate to their everyday lives, could connect with like their culture and their identity. And I think that my content really treads the lines of trying to do both of those things. Awesome. So when when you say that you you know work more about the environmental crisis and sustainability, what are your focus? right? What is your focus mainly on? Yeah, I mean, I think a big focus is just like how environmental issues are impacting communities on the ground. So it is about environmental justice, which is still a pretty broad category. But I think it's one that's not talked about enough. I think we obviously talk about like, how pollution of like plastic and of air and things like that impact birds and fish and wildlife, but we don't exactly talk as much about how it impacts people and people on the ground and i think that like as more reports have been revealed like when i talk when we're talking about public health and talking about how specifically um black and latinx communities and low-income communities specifically are being impacted disproportionately by air and water pollution even in a country like the united states today we have to talk about that because it's not just an environmental issue it's a public health issue it's an economic issue and it's something that is going to continue to create, you know, inequities in our society today when different communities have different life expectancy rates because of where they live, because of their zip code, um, because of the air that they breathe, the water they drink, the food that they get access to. So yeah, environmental justice is a broad category, but I think that's more my message and what I focus on is how can we talk about that as, as a justice issue um, and how can we, how can we address that? as a society as a whole. 
That's amazing. That's awesome. So you do media platform, right? So most of it is online. Is there anywhere that you have like a set place um, where you do your workshops or is it all through Zoom? How do you reach people? Yeah. So my biggest platform is on Instagram currently. So that's like my, my, you know, biggest online community right now, but I also have hosted workshops and live podcast episodes, as I was saying, and I've done that through a platform called Crowdcast, but then I would say like my podcast has really reached a lot of people. And I'm actually, I guess a plug is I am launching an online community towards the end of August. That will be like a more private community off of Instagram. Um, where other young people, or not just young people, just people in general, who want to learn how to do environmental storytelling using online platforms, it's going to be just like a more private space to connect and build community with people for that. So that'll be launched for late August, and I'm hoping that'll be another space to more deeply engage on these issues with people. That's really exciting, actually, um, just to see that you're expanding and you're creating a whole new platform. So have you, um, when you do your podcasts, is there a specific way you can get to your podcast? What is it? What platform is it on? How can they reach you in that, in that podcast? Yeah, the podcast is on all streaming platforms, Spotify, iTunes, like wherever you get your podcast. So just look at Brown Girl Green. All right. Brown Girl Green on podcast. All right. That is perfect. Now, if they want to plug in and kind of be a part of the workshops, do they reach out through email? Do they, you know, reach yeah. out to just find you on Instagram? You yeah, know, is, is you know, I love all these plugs. So if people want to, you know, I'll give you a few ways. So the first way is I would love people to join my weekly newsletter. So that's bit.ly, like B-I-T dot L-Y backslash uh, brown girl green. Oh no, brown girl news edit that later on. So it's bit.ly backslash brown girl news. So that is to sign up for my weekly newsletter, where basically I try to educate people about, yeah, environmental issues on a weekly basis. So if you want to join that, that's a really great way. You can follow me on social media, which is brown girl green on, on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. And then also you can, if you want to, sign up for future workshops or this online community. If you just follow me on social media or join the newsletter, you're going to learn about it. It's going to be launched late August. So I'll, I'll update you on how to sign for that. And then if you want to just get in touch with me, you can email me at browngirlgreenshow at gmail.com. If you want to, yeah, collaborate on workshops, trainings, or having me speak somewhere, uh, happy to collaborate on that. I love it. Awesome. Yes. Yeah, so if you guys heard her, she's on every platform possible, which is great, right? Because, and I'm, I'm noticing like the passion that you have, like for you to be able to go on every platform and make sure that you're accessible, you have to have passion, right? Uh, can you tell me a little bit of where that passion comes from? Yeah, I mean, I think I've just always loved storytelling. Um, it's something that I find to be really fun and creative. And I feel like when it comes to climate change, I felt like there wasn't the best storytelling being done to engage more people. And so it just felt like a very wicked problem. And it felt like that kind of stuff stimulates me, I guess, uh, where I'm like, you know, obviously I'm motivated by what's happening on the ground uh, when it comes to like communities, like literally getting killed everywhere because of floods and fires and disasters. I mean, that's the reality of it. That's what sparks you at first though, right? 
what prevents you from burnout is your passion to like keep doing the work. And for me, that's the creative process. That's the storytelling. That's getting to meet such interesting people, getting to create community spaces where people from around the world get to like meet each other through my platform and like get to collaborate and find people they would have never met just because I have this online space. Like that, that is what really keeps me going. But I think what roots me is obviously like what's happening in the world and just knowing that I need to do something about it. But eventually that burns you out. If you keep doing that, (laughs) if you keep focusing on just like the doom and gloom, unfortunately the reality is you're gonna burn out eventually. There has to be something where you find joy. There has to be something that really makes you feel like you're building community with people. That's what actually keeps you going to do advocacy work in my opinion, so yeah. I definitely agree. I couldn't agree more. So you keep saying storytelling, right? Can you give us a deeper understanding of that storytelling, of what that looks like and, you know, that avenue of getting the message out? Yeah, so I think a a thing about it is just like, you know, the typical story is just that we're screwed when it comes to the climate crisis. Like, you know, we only have X amount of years to deal with it. Yeah, that's an important story, right? But it's like, there's so many other stories about like, what do solutions look like? What does it look like for communities on the ground who are actually fighting against these things? And by things, I mean like the fossil fuel industry, like extractive extractive polluting industries. Like, what does that look like? Like, I'm interested in those stories and like being able to reamplify those or even talking about my own story of like how I've struggled to like enjoy sustainability or like live more sustainably and how difficult that can be for some people because I didn't grow up exposed to a lot of these issues. I learned it later on through university. I had access, I had privilege to be able to access that and learn what, you know, living more sustainably is. And, um, you know, even though obviously my family did things that were inherently sustainable to save money, it was not, it was not this thing that felt like this very clear cut lifestyle or way of being. And so for me, environmental storytelling is one, being able to amplify the stories of people on the ground who are actually having to fight these things and having to address climate impacts who don't really get recognized by the news or the media, like being able to share that information as often as possible. But two, sharing my own personal narrative um, to try to make it relatable, to be like, these are the things I'm struggling with, with not only environmental sustainability, but my own identity as being a mixed race Filipino woman in America, being in my mid twenties, being able to like navigate graduating college and seeing that like ecosystems are literally collapsing, like telling that story of like, what does that feel like? That is environmental storytelling to me is like being able to put names and words to these emotions and these feelings about what's going on in the world because the media is not covering it. So it's like, if they're not covering it, then I'm gonna say it. So that's what I define as storytelling. Awesome. Now, I mean, we're talking about, you know, people telling their own story and being able to be out there and how they relate to things. Um, And we have, you know, we have a good reach here and we, you know, this would be the perfect time, you know, I would love to hear your story on how, you know, everything has affected you. Uh, Do you mind telling me um, your story and, you know, it started? Yeah, no, I would love to. So, Yeah, so I grew up in a really small town that, you know, I wasn't really exposed to, I don't know, it's not like I wasn't exposed to issues, like I watched documentaries, I learned about like 
problems in the world, but it just, you know, in a way, like I was really privileged enough to feel like they were far away from me and it was happening to someone else. And then, you know, I obviously experienced my own sets of like microaggressions and things like that, just being, you know, a brown woman in America, but like, you know, I wasn't to the extreme that I knew other people went through. And then I, you know, went to university and, you know, decided environmental issues were something that could be an interesting thing to study because I thought I could help people. That would be a good way and outlet to deal with that. And I at first went into it thinking I was going to get into conservation and that all it was was like me protecting forests and water and all these things. And I thought that was like the only jobs you could get if you studied this. Um, And I also thought that like that was the only way you could be like an environmentalist. So I guess that's important context as I go on. And then, you know, Typhoon Haiyan hit the Philippines where my family's from. And that was when it became really personal. I was like, whoa, there, like climate change is not just something I'm studying. It's actually like going to impact and is impacting people who look like my family. And that's really scary. And that's when it started hitting me, like how real a lot of this stuff is. And it was kind of like that bubble that I had before was kind of shattered. And I was like, no, this is really serious. And jumping back, once I was in my classes, I was like, why is no one talking about this typhoon? Or why why are we not talking about like how communities on the ground in countries like the Philippines are being impacted? We're, we keep talking about John Muir and Aldo Leopold going into these forests and preserving these forests, which is like, you know, its own story. But it's like that I learned later on that like that resulted in like the genocide and pushing out of indigenous people out of their lands. And it just became this whole like web where I was like, I feel like everything's a lie where it was like, you know, we're sold this story about protecting nature and the environment, but it's being told through the through the lens of white, privileged, wealthy people. It's not told through the lens of the actual stewards of the land, which are Black, Indigenous, and people of color. And it just, more of these things developed all these awarenesses for me where I was like, yeah, the stuff I'm studying about protecting the environment does not line up with what I'm actually seeing happen in the world. And it also doesn't line up with my own experiences of growing up in an immigrant household where my mom, you know, and family, like I said, did sustainable things that were inherently sustainable to save money. But it was not this like posh lifestyle of like, you know, having all these zero waste swaps and being able to just have access to going hiking in the mountains and doing all these things all the time. And I know other people had access to that, but I'm just speaking from my own experience. I just felt like there was all these disconnects. I was like, why am I even studying this? Like, what is this field? What is going on? Because none of this makes sense to me for all the things that I've been through and all the things I'm observing that are happening to actual communities on the ground. And so as I went deeper and deeper into that, that's kind of what started to create the the groundwork for Brown Girl Green, where I was like, yeah, there's a huge lack of representation of black and brown voices, even though that these are the communities that are actually being impacted. These are the communities that are doing a lot of the leadership work to try to shift these things, but yet why aren't they getting all, you know, the platforms, the representation getting known about. And I noticed that in myself because I didn't have mentorship. I didn't have people who I could look up to. I was basically trying to create my own career path. And so I noticed even in the environmental sector, like, there wasn't a lot of opportunities to get paid positions. There wasn't a lot of opportunities to find mentors and networks to support the success of a young woman of color like myself. And so there's 
all these things. So we got like a narrative gap. We also got institutional gaps of like young people of color like myself not even figuring out they could get a job after college that was actually going to pay well or like support their lives. And then on a on an even deeper level, you feel like a fraud or an imposter because you don't see people who look like you doing these things. And so you don't even think that this resonates. And so I just feel like this huge ripple effect, you know, due to colonization, due to genocide, due to the extraction of resources worldwide has divided people from knowing that they are connected to nature, from caring about the environment. And, you know, that deep divide is why I think we're in the mess we're in, you know? And all of that being said, that's a really huge, wicked problem to deal with. And I felt like the one way I could start addressing that in my own little corner of the world, corner of the internet, was by making this platform to try to bridge those gaps and try to just raise awareness that this divide exists and try to do what I can to provide resources and voices and support, anything I can to try to bring people into the awareness that there is so many solutions, there are so many answers by people on the ground, but they need the resources and support to be listened to. So yeah, that's a really long answer, but that is basically my story of why I'm doing this. No, no, no. That's exactly um, that's exactly what I wanted, right? It's like this this is how you started. And it's so interesting because I feel you in so many ways. You have no idea. <laughs> and so it's like just being able to, you know, listen to your story and seeing how you experienced that discord, right? Um, and you experienced that struggle and how our struggles end up leading us to be the people who change the struggle for others. Right. And so it's just it's such a powerful message. Thank you so much for sharing that with me and everybody else. Right. So Brown Girl Green, that is a it's a really great name. Right. And I, I can I can I can assume I can assume where the meaning came from. Right. I can I can put my accusations in there, <laughs> but I would like to hear from your mouth. Right. Where does you know, where did that vision of your name come from? Yeah, I mean, it's very straightforward, right? Brown Girl Green. But um, yeah, it was basically like, you know, when I was first thinking about making my own platform, I was like, let me think of just like what I could call this. And I was just sitting at a cafe one day, I kid you not, like at my university. And I literally like, had my brown hand and I saw like this plant wall. And it literally just came to me at this cafe. I was like, brown girl green is literally it. That's literally the story. I love it. I absolutely love it. So we have a question. Um, we got a question on Facebook. And the question was, are you vegan? I am not vegan because I have a lot of dietary restrictions. So I can't consume soy or legumes or garlic or onions <laughs> or a lot of plant-based proteins but i am 80 percent plant-based so majority of what i do eat is plant-based i don't eat any dairy i don't eat processed foods so i have a mostly like whole foods plant-based diet i have cut down yeah like overall like meat consumption a lot and yeah it's mostly just for health and personal reasons that i'm not currently vegan but yeah, I'm on the route towards that. That's my goal. Awesome. That's good. Um, I mean, here 
at, um, you know, Journey to Health and Wellness, it's literally just about your journey, right? So we have so many people who, some are vegan, some are pescatarian, some are full meat eaters, right? So, you know, it was just interesting to, you know, ask that question because, you know, there's a lot of people who always wonder, you know, if you're going through this, you know, whole economical change and trying to change the environment, you know, are you vegan? And it's so good to see that there's so many different levels, right? So many different levels of people who are make, are, are going through this fight for the environment. Um, and it's just, yeah. So thank you for answering that question. Yeah, I just wanted to add on to that. You know, I made a post a couple of months ago that said, like, what if I can't go vegan? Because there's a lot of people who have personal health issues like me that can't go vegan because of it causes us literal pain to eat plant-based food or like, you know, vegan proteins. And for me, it, it was a source of guilt for a long time. But I also realized like, again, when it comes to my page, my goal is about accessibility. It's about intersectionality. And I know not everyone's going to be vegan. And so, yes, there's a balance between being the shining example of what you would like more people to be like or do but there's also validity in people who like are just trying to figure it out and might not be able to do that and it's like but you're still aware of these things and you're trying to encourage better behaviors and you're trying to make it accessible there's validity in that so i always tell people i'm like yeah i'm not vegan and i own that just because i'm like there's so many other people who are not vegan who probably won't even care about eating more plant-based. How are you going to get those people in the room? They might not like your messaging to be, oh, you're awful if you're not vegan. So it's like, I feel like, you know, people might not like that. I just said that, but I think for me, like there needs to be a balance because it's like, we're gonna get more people into this movement. Yep. We're gonna get more people to realize these things. We need people, I guess like me, who are like in the in-between, fully aware, but also like, trying to make it accessible and being very real and honest that it's not that easy for everyone. So, yeah, meeting yeah. people where they're at. That's what's most important. And that's what, and that's, you know, that's what's important about any movement, right? Is to be able to meet people exactly where they're at. Because in order for us to make any changes, we have to understand that each person has their own struggles. Each person has their own story. Um, and so to be able to, you know, look and meet people right there and say okay this is who you are this is you know how you are this is how we can work together right that's the most important thing is being able to get this big group of people and bring them together to work together to make the common change that we need right and so with you know with that and with making you know the common changes what what do you see how do you see your program your workshops your you know you said you worked with the youth you know how do you see that changing everything that's going on here in the economy, changing here in the environment? So you're asking specifically like how supporting young people and that is really important. How your work, um, how the things that you do, how it helps to support and helps to, you know, bring things into fruition and make yeah. the change. Yeah, I mean, it's very difficult to like quantify that, but I would say like definitely just receiving so many messages from like, especially young women of color from around the world who have like told me that like, I'm the first page that they've ever seen where they felt like they saw themselves or they felt like the content was relatable and they felt like they weren't alone with their feelings. 
every time I get a message like that, I guess that feels like success for me. And also just being able to like, every time people are like, oh, I made this connection with this person because of your page. And now we're friends or now we're like going to start an organization together. I'm like, that's awesome. So I guess that's how I measure success, I suppose. And then also every time I like host a training or a workshop and people come out of it and just like have all these reflections, it does make me feel like, yeah, the stuff I'm sharing resonates, which is great. So um, what kind of what kind of collaborations have you made so far um, and how are you planning on branching out? Are there any collaborations that you're looking to expand and, you know, looking to, you know, broaden your reach? Is there anyone specifically you're looking to reach out to? Yeah, I mean, I think I definitely want to get deeper into like the philanthropy sector. That's definitely something I want to work on in the next few months is definitely being able to connect with like people who are in the philanthropy sector who understand like the equity gaps, like the Green 2.0 report, which I highly recommend people check out, came out with a report saying that only, you know, 4% of environmental foundations have people of color in them. Um, and that's going to have huge implications on what organizations actually get funding on the ground. And so I really want to be in those spaces to expand my network because I think that there needs to be a discussion of like the internal inequities within even the environmental sector um, to be able to create enough funding and support for young people of color to thrive in this field. Um, and I don't think that's talked about enough. So I think that's like probably number one on my list. And then I'd say like, I don't know, number two, getting to collab with like some cool celebrities who are also have big reach, but maybe haven't talked about environmental justice. Um, definitely wanting to, maybe not even celebrities, just people who have like really big platforms where people care about these issues um, and being able to like really reach new audiences in that would be great. I'd say, you know, that's that's really good. They're high goals, right? Um, and I always say you always hit high because you're going to shoot up there, right? So that is amazing, especially with the philanthropy, because it's really hard to find like the funding and things of that sort. So if you can, you know, dig into that sector, you know, I think everything else will kind of like fall in line. So I am definitely rooting for you in that aspect of things. I am definitely, you know, you already you already have a supporter here with me. And so now, so again, we're live on Facebook, right? And so if there was anything, you know, that you want to tell, you know, the Facebook audience about, you know, helping this, you know, climate crisis, um, what is one thing that you want to like really dig into them and let them know? I think the biggest thing is to be able to call your representatives and remind them that we have a climate emergency and that they need to take action as soon as possible call the Biden administration, call the White House, like literally like we just need more people like calling on a consistent basis, telling politicians that like this needs to be their top number one priority item. I think that's one of the most important things you can do. And then I think also being able to do research on environmental justice organizations in your area. So that can look like a lot of different things. So community organizations that are trying to do a community garden or protect a watershed or be able to fight against an actual polluting facility. If you just look that up, that's really great. And then I think a third step, the EPA 
has this thing called um, EJ screen, so environmental justice screen. Um, and it's a tool where you can actually look to see how different environmental issues are impacting certain populations in your community, in your area, if you live in the United States. And from there, you can also start learning and realizing how much environmental injustice exists in this country today. I think awareness and educating yourself is also one of the key things right now. And you said that was the EJ screen? Yeah, like environmental justice, so EJ. Yeah, EJ screen. Okay, and you can find that right online? Awesome, that is perfect. Man, so we've talked about a lot. I'm really excited to dig into, you know, your Instagram and I'll probably check out your podcast. <laughs> It'll probably be one of those podcasts that I listen to when I'm traveling and like, I'm like, I need something encouraging and something to drive me before I get to my meeting. So um, I'm really excited about that. How long do your podcasts usually last? You know, I'm experimenting with that. They've been an hour. I'm trying to get them down to 30 minutes, but they're mostly around like 30, 40 minutes. They're a, it's definitely a long form podcast. All right, which is fine. Now, are, do you, um, with the podcast, do you take any calls? Do you, or do you just give the information and then they can you know, I So I record them as live stream, kind of like this. So I record them as like a live interview first and do like a live Q&A where people can, you know, put in their questions and ask the panelists or the speaker when they're like on screen. So that's typically how I've done it, um, The you know, the past few years now. But yeah, I mean, maybe in the future I'll do a call-in thing. I like that idea. Yeah, it, it's it's always great to, you know, be able to have this voice back to back. It's always pretty cool. So I hope you do that. That'd be awesome. Um, now you said a couple of years. How long have you had this? I've been doing Brown Girl Green for almost three years now. All right. Um, is it just you or do you have a group of people that you... Yeah, so I have a team. So I have a creative lead who's like my best friend. His name's Usman. He's fantastic. And then I have my like brand slash content assistant and her name's Ngozi and she's really amazing too. And yeah, and then I, yeah. And then I've just had people along the way who have assisted me in all different capacities. I've had people who've written for my blog. I've had people who've helped with graphics. Yeah, it's been a really huge community initiative. It could not have ever just been me. So yeah. It's so, it's so amazing whenever the community comes together, you start to actually see the change that happens. It's like when you're, you have a vision for something and then you start bringing people on and you're like, oh my gosh, this vision is actually coming into flourishing. Like this is exactly what I needed. So I'm, that's so encouraging. I want to know, is there any, do you have any final words that um, you want to say? Any encouragement? Yeah, just that like we do actually have time left to like address these things but we need as many people as possible to take action so I don't want you to buy into the idea that like we're just we're just duped there's nothing we can do I think that's something that these big fossil fuel companies and people that have money and interests in the doom and gloom want you to think but it's just not the case but it will be the case that people remain apathetic and remain just like, you know, not wanting to be aware of these things and ha and what's happening. Um, so we just need more people to raise awareness in any way possible. Educate yourself, try to learn about what's happening to communities on the ground, to also educate yourself and try to volunteer your time where possible. Yeah, I think earlier, uh, one of the biggest things that you said 
that really struck home is, you know, sometimes one thing is you shouldn't have to wait for it to hit your community, for it to hit you to take action, but to actually take that action immediately, right? Um, so that it doesn't get that far. And so I think, I think that is a, I think that's a perfect thing to end on. I think it's absolutely wonderful um, what you're doing. I can't wait to see how you grow from here. I can't wait to, you know, possibly get an update of all of the amazing people that you've collaborated with and all of the workshops that you've done. And definitely reach out to us because we're definitely here to hear more about your journey, all journeys, um, including the journey with, um, you know, your health and everything like that. I would definitely, you know, like that on the podcast as well, if you'd love to, you know, share that with us as well. So this is, you know, this is Journey Through Health and Wellness, and this is a great opportunity to be able um, to just walk through and encourage people and get people on the move. So I thank you, Christy, for coming on here with Brown Girl Green. Um, we look forward to seeing you guys and hearing from you guys soon. You can catch her on the podcast. If you've missed any of the interview that we did earlier, you can catch us on the podcast. She'll be on Journey Through Health and Wellness on Anchor, Spotify, and all other platforms. Um, and we will talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Thank you.